Alright, let's do this. In three, two, and... Nice. Nice. Oh, God. If, if, I know by the time that everyone listens to this, it will, it will be long and gone, but everyone who listens, I need you to put your hands in the air. Hands in the air for me. And pray, nice. pray for me that Ross loses in fantasy. He's playing me right now, and I need him to lose. Nice. I need him to lose real bad. Nice. 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 Very nice. Very nice. I don't How like much? where this is going. I don't. I think there's. I think there's a thing I'm out of the loop on. Hey, Dylan. Like Dylan, most Dylan. things in life. Dylan. We're recording uh, an episode tonight, right? You know, we're recording this episode right now, right? Yeah. What number episode is it? We are on the 75th episode. Actually, it's a very monumental episode. It's very no, nice. No, no, very no, good no, no. Dylan, do not befoul this holy day. What number <laughs> episode are we on? <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. I think it's one between 68 and 70. Caleb, what number is it? Known as a sexual perversion known as 69, baby. Dylan completely <laughs> cut out because he's recording off. He's he's on he's on the call yeah. on his phone. Your so phone we did not was like, "Whoa, buddy, that was too much, too loud." <laughs> your, your phone said that was not okay, so the listener heard that, but we did not. What Dylan yeah, said, binge picture podcast. What Dylan said. Nice, 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 nice. How the fuck have we done 69 of these things? I got no fucking clue, man. Jesus. I feel like it's just stubborn, per- stubborn, just keeping on going. Stubborn like, is one word just for keep it. keep going. Idiocracy? Yeah. Stubborn. Eh, idiocracy is when we did, like, just the best picture winners, but when we expanded <laughs> our view to so, all for of the first half. All of it. The, the first, yeah. no, no. It was, like, the half, first the five. First, it was the first <laughs> seven. <laughs> <laughs> One seventh of this show followed along with the formula <laughs> so like, we originally started. Was it nine with. or ten episodes? The formula you it was all like originally started off with. Jeez, I'm just over here, just like let's do something else. Speaking, we have since watched like three more Best Picture winners, but by accident, just the ones we want to. Yeah, like I think right. it was like Parasite, Godfather, and Gladiator. We've watched some of the cool ones. Yeah, some of the cool ones. We're right. Not watching uh, Schindler's List. Not watching Crash. Yeah, not watching Crash. We did watch The Green uh, Book, unfortunately. We did watch The Green Book. That was part of the original. Yeah, we we had no way out of that That was the original run, but that was also the one where we just went, yeah, no. Yeah, I think that was one of, well, we only did like 10. I think that was the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end was the first episode. Yeah, really. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've been coasting down the hill ever since. Yeah, but here we are, boys. We are on... Episode 69. Nice. All right, that's enough. Nice. Well, we've already beat the it's horse never... to death. I mean... Well, we really have. I think we're going to continue listen, beating it randomly not... throughout the show, though. That's what she said. Um, but um, <laughs> that's not what Disney has done, so why can't? Why shouldn't we stop? That's true. Um, if, any, if we are anything, we are but beaters of dead horses. I am one of your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Benbenek, joined by... Caleb, the chafed Sisyphus himself. And I am there the one is. who you there don't know in, yeah. to be 
I do not, you do not know if I am the thing or if I am something else. I am once born in anger, born in happiness, reborn in the fires of hope. No, I'm just here. Dylan, you're definitely the thing. You are, you are absolutely the thing. If, if any I, one of us is no. the thing, it's definitely you. I demand, no, 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 I demand the blood test. Blood test. Okay, then blood give test. me the blood. Do it. Do it, you coward. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Get your ass down here. I'll blood Do it. test you. Okay, we watched I'll go down there. We watched The Thing um, this week. We were supposed to watch it last week, but scheduling issues forced us to postpone episode 69 I, because we were not going to do episode 69 yeah, without all three of us here. I did watch it yeah, last it was, week, and so it's not it, as fresh as my remake. Brain. This is the 2012 remake where it did really well. Dylan, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I watched it. I watched this. What day is today? Sunday? I watched it. It is Sunday. Thursday? Thursday? Friday? One of those days. Thursday? Thursday. I watched it yesterday. Nice. I watched it like 10 days ago, probably. I rented it on Amazon on Thursday, and then they put it on Peacock on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan so pirated I, I it. saw a thing. I saw a thing that was going to be on Peacock, so I just went, I ain't going to do shit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we watched John Carpenter's The Thing. Fuck Our yeah, first we John did. Carpenter movie. I know. I can't believe that. Although, we, I think we, we talked about Halloween at some point. We, we definitely talked about doing Halloween at some point. Well, we had, like, Halloween included. episodes. Yeah, you know, last, last year we did, like, a movie villain draft, and I think one of us got Michael Myers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I think one of what us the fuck do you, maybe I, also got The Thing. I don't think thing. you were the... Yeah, Dylan. I don't think Dylan was there. No, for that it was just, yeah, just, it was just. I wasn't. I think it was one of those one-off episodes where, like, I think we did another one without a certain human, and then we just went from there. What? Who's the certain human? I think he's referring to you, Caleb. Uh, I don't know. It was. I can't remember if um, it was you or Ross. But well, I've only missed you. two episodes, and they've both been within the last six months. So. I missed a so lot. I missed a lot, of, Caleb, I missed a lot of them. I'm, what it was I'm probably is that me. Caleb deserves his own, his own, um, his own stuff. I deserve all of my own episodes. stuff. You're right. I deserve my Guys, own there's stuff. A Popeyes, <laughs> there's a Popeyes commercial on right now, and that shit looks so good. <laughs> Put it away. What is the? Uh, what are they advertising? They're like one Just of those Popeyes. crazy, crazy meal deals. And what's up with all the the meal deals? Nate, like, there's a Rick and Morty meal now somewhere. I think that's, probably. Well, that's, that's because their most recent season just started. I don't give a shit. Why are you like? I know you don't give a shit. No one should give a shit when Rick and Morty starts. They should like the merchandising with fast food restaurants should end at Happy Meal toys. I think uh, McDonald's has Pokemon toys back. Oh, that's cool. I remember those yeah, back in the cool. day. Uh huh. I would. Uh, we there's a gas station by the highway. That's one of those joint gas station McDonald's, and they said on the window it, there was just a poster that said "It's back," and it was a picture <laughs> of a. It was a picture of a Happy Meal box that was shaped like a Pikachu. <laughs> Ronald McDonald, I choose you. There was um. I remember Chick Fil A. What, what the fuck are we talking about? I remember Chick Fil A. I don't know. Handing I out. Just, I was gonna stay quiet until we started talking. They about had, the thing again. They had like Christian literature. They would put in their. Their kids' meals. They were like oh, little, like yeah. moral, like parables, like books, like Veggie Tales, but worse. Oh, much worse than Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales rocks. I mean, but eh. does it? No, does it? Yeah. I don't think it does. Yeah, I, me- I remember liking it when I was young. I think I it rocked when I was eight. Yeah. And well, yeah, of Christian. course it did better. It was dancing. It was dancing vegetables. Remember, what, you, what um, more did you want? Lord of the Beans. I do remember Lord of the that Beans. We should watch. The we should watch Lord of the Beans the for day. this show. We should. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, God um, made you, you special, really, and he loves you very much. You know what's a really good Christian film, though? The Thing by John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. John Carpenter's The Thing. And we've John made Carpenter's it back the to the subject. Oh, uh, um, yes. yes. As we've all known, who had seen, this is a, who had seen this The Thing is a before? a very good Christian movie I, with good Christian themes. I had seen The Thing, but it had been like five years. Okay. I'd never seen The Thing. I don't think, D- oh. Dylan, you said you haven't either, right? I never watched The Thing until recently. So you were both thing Until virgins. Yesterday, yeah, I never, I never looked at a thing before. I um. never looked at a thing before. <laughs> That's not the fucking preface of this episode. <laughs> I don't know what else to put here. <laughs> so, um, the thing is a well, it's a remake. It is a remake, yeah. Uh, it is a remake of a movie from the fifties, but it's a it's a science fiction horror film. Um, about scientists in Antarctica who are confronted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. Yes. Um, starring Kurt Russell. Uh, Lovely. Wilf- Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley makes an appearance. And uh, Keith Brims. David. The immaculate Keith David. Put some respect I, on that name. I fucking love... No, Keith David rocks. He's awesome. Put some respect that is, on I, that I, I didn't realize it was Keith David at first. He was so young. Yes. Yeah, like... Listen. Oh, when I heard his voice, I was like, ah. Because like Keith young David, Kurt Russell, young Kurt bastard. Russell, you can tell that's Kurt Russell because his face is made out of a denim jacket. <laughs> but young Keith David, <laughs> young Keith David does not look like current Keith David. He's he looks very different now. Dude, this is a this movie is yeah, forty years he's old. He's aged well though. I know, forty years old. I when did it, what day did it come out? June twenty five. June twenty fifth. We just missed the fortieth uh, anniversary of the thing. I mean, it was like three months ago, but yeah. I mean, we could still count it as the 40th anniversary. It's still the year. This is our The Thing 40th anniversary. We're having a 40th out. birthday party Correct, for The yes. Thing. Yeah, uh, we didn't miss it. No, not once. Okay, so since y'all were the virgins going into this, what what did you think of The Thing? Holy shit, the practicality and like the effects they use behind that is fucking immaculate. It's some of the best thing I've ever seen committed to television, TV, or whatever. It's honestly... Some of the best, like, cinematography and use of effects. Yes. Yeah, so I've always known that the thing is um, a legendary example of practical effects. And I've seen, like, I've, I've read about it. I've seen stills. I've, le- I've, like, even seen behind-the-scenes videos for it or whatever. But I've never, I had never watched the movie. Um, and so it was really cool because I've been super into, like, practical effects and, like, commercial special effects and stuff like that recently. Um, I've been, like, regretting getting my like being in higher ed at all and really wishing <laughs> I went and just did commercial special effects because it's so much fun and so cool and so yeah I really I watched it from that perspective just like looking t- at the technicality behind all the special effects that they uh-huh. that they did and I fucking I mean it's, it's a it's it's the special it's the practical effects bible yes in a lot of it's ways one of, it, it's it's uh, I struggle to think of another movie that did body horror and practical like horror effects as well as the thing did. Um, it's just flawless, and it's such like, a perfect the, um, like synthesis of films that came out like just before it. You can see what I saw a lot of was the influence of Alien of Ridley Scott's Alien on this. Yes, There's a lot yes, of yes, 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 yes. alien like fingerprints kind of all over it and of course the setting is completely different and the monsters are completely different and all that but just like tonally and a lot of the set designs like the insides of the um, 
of the of the research base or whatever it was like uh-huh. the hallway uh, it was very alieny um and so that that's shown through to me watching it now mm. um i think yeah go ahead um so so the effects were all done by a guy named rob botten mr um, Botten. Yes, so he had already worked with John Carpenter before. He had done The Fog with him. Okay, I, th- and I read that, I think. He's worked extensively with Paul Verhoeven and David Fincher. Um, so with Verhoeven, he did RoboCop, Total Recall, and Basic Instinct. Nice. And I can see with... a lot of uh, RoboCop in this now, too. Like, the influences from that. Mm-hmm. And then um, Fincher, he did Seven and Fight Club. Oh, and he also oh, he did, did Fight Club? He did Fight Club, and he did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Damn. This dude. I'm a fan. And he did. He also did Ridley Scott's Legend, which we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, we had a whole episode God, about Legend. Damn. Yeah, so he did the prosthetic makeup for Tim Curry. So there's, there's, a, there's a Ridley Scott connection. Yep, there's our King Ridley connection. There we go. Everything is connected in this world. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going uh, with that. <laughs> yeah, so this I, I hesitate to call it my favorite John Carpenter movie just because there's also Halloween, but like John Carpenter. I mean, is we great. don't have to. We don't have to like make it like oh, it's the favorite. I'm like, it's just a great movie. Like, yeah, I know, I know. Like, it's strong. I know. Just like as far as like personal favorites go, like you know, you like yeah, you have a personal director, personal favorite from like that director, personal favorite from this director. It's hard to pick for Carpenter because he's so fucking good at what he does. Yeah, he's got. Uh... Uh, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China is on my wheel, so hopefully we get to watch that one day. So that'll be cool. Oh, uh, well, um, I've got a surprise for you at the end of the show. So oh, boy. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. So exciting. But I think one thing that I really, really think um, le- elevates this movie above the average like creature horror schlock is how... It doesn't have a set defined form for its creature. Yeah, like the um, the amorphous creature really just kind of ups the tension and the paranoia. Yeah, like there's there's a very specific point in this movie um, where up until you know forty ish minutes in, it's more kind of mystery ish, like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. But then once they realize what's going on and the paranoia starts going off the rails for everybody in the movie, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this that's when it really <laughs> fucking. Ah. We're fucked. Well, that was the point. That's mainly that's the theme of the movie is just general paranoia because that's the theme that it takes with it. Because yeah, and a lot of horror movies like that, like the monster, like you don't know what it is. A lot of people rely on like the hidden factor of the monster, like um, Quiet Place that uses that where you don't see the monster like at all until like the final third of the movie. Uh-huh. This one is it uses the human element to be the monster. Yeah, and then you get glimpses of what the monster could look like at all times, but you don't get it till like the last five minutes, and even then, in the last five minutes, you only get it for a minute. Yeah, and it's like it really plays up how yeah, there is a monster going around and you know assimilating human beings in order to take over the world, but also the real villain ends up being the paranoia that destroys everybody else inside the building. Yeah, it allows yeah. like not putting. I mean. Of course, the practical effects are awesome, and the stuff we do see of the monster is is awesome. But put, placing the emphasis on the discovery of the monster and the figuring out of what the fuck's going on allows for so much more nuance in a creature feature. Um, yes. Yeah. So I love I love the way it it handled that. Um, the other thing I read a little bit about was that, like, the uh, the the 
the like social context in which this in 1982, like that was yeah, that was the beginning of AIDS. The AIDS it, it was the beginning of AIDS, and it was at the right of the end of a recession. Yeah. Um. So there's like I didn't know about the um, the AIDS thing. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Terrible, but horribly interesting. Well, I think there's some some allegory there that could be read into the into the film. Um, um, well, yeah, you can put that in there if we're ca- talking about the AIDS thing, because uh, again, it got a terrible rap for being a like uh, mainly a a disease traded, trans- transmitted through gay lovers, but then that was horribly disproved but it's it's still just lingered around by the idea so yeah i could see that connection well it's, where it's just like, it, the, you don't know where it's ever gonna come from right it's the it's the unknown scary disease that no one really knows anything about but it's killing people left and right um yeah there's an allegory there with the thing i i, I don't know to what extent that was intended but like someone going someone hearing about the thing in 1982 might think that and i think that's kind of interesting well, it's interesting you bring that up, Caleb, because um, when this movie dropped, it was a critical and commercial bomb. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I can horribly see that. Yeah. Um, it was, um, let me see, it was referred to as instant junk, wretched excess. Fuck yeah. Plot w- shovel plot it. Was- shovel it in. <laughs> I'll take it. The, the plot Give it to me. Was criticized Give it to me. As- Just pour it on. The plot was criticized as boring and undermined by the special effects. Interesting. The what? LA, the LA Times said it was bereft, despairing, and nihilistic, and lacking in feeling. Fuck yeah, bring it on. That that's the point of a monster movie. What the fuck? Now that just that um, describes my life. Yeah, I think. Shut up! I'll kick your ass, <laughs> Caleb. You threatened this earlier. I will drive down there and kick your nihilistic ass. Nihilistic and devoid of feeling. Say what? Um, I'm going to smack him. <laughs> oh, shit. The third quarter just started. The uh, Buccaneers have the ball. Um, but anyways, the... I, Focus, I Ross. Stay on point. Stay on point. The, I, I'm not shocked that this was received poorly originally, yeah. given the environment it was released into. Because mm-hmm. um, it came out the same year as stuff like E.T. Um, right. And the, and the like two Alien movies could not be more... Like Diamet- diametrically opposed. opposed. That's yeah, yes. exactly. Um, I like you know the more optimism coming out. You know we're coming out of a recession. Things are good. You know, opt- optimism is in. Reaganomics, baby. Reaganomics optimism is, is in. <laughs> <laughs> um, when in reality, John Carpenter ended up hitting the nail on the head about a lot of things about Reagan. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, again, it ended up being a cult classic, and now it's constantly referred to as one of the greatest horror movies of all time, and it's easily in my top five. Like, oh, dude, yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's it's almost the Bible of practical effects. Like, it's so well done, especially from a in terms of like body horror and gore and like this genre of film. I don't like this yeah. is this is the creme de la creme, so to yeah, speak. I'm yeah, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do, Ross? What are you trying to do? You, you go first. You go first. I'm going to see when Cronenberg got his start. Ah, uh, yeah, that'd be like interesting. Because, you know, you said body horror, and my mind immediately went to Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, could be a completely, you know, off-the-path tangent, but that's what we do here at BPP, so I'm going to do it anyway. Of course. Of course. Um, it, it, it raises the question in my mind, because this was such a critical flop and is now considered a classic, like, 
you know, exemplary in a lot of technical aspects, at least in, in my um, understanding of the situation. What, first off, it raises the question of the merits of, like, judging films contemporarily on, like, their critical or public, like, the Rotten Tomatoes fucking scores, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fuck Rotten Tomatoes What score. value should we put in that in today's films? And also a question for you two, what quote-unquote critical flops in recent memory do you think might be cult classics or just straight-up classics in another 20 or 30 years? Malignant. Well, I think, we, Malignant. I think we've already talked about it, like, and we had an episode about it. Speed Racer is definitely going to be one of those that's a cult classic because you get, like... It's already, it's already kind of there. It's already kind of there, and, like, we've seen it within our lifetime. Like, within 10, 14 years, we've seen it happen like that. And the reason why is because people... Like, you, you can, like, again, the Rotten Tomatoes, like, can, like, burn a film to hell and back, right? Like, it can just be, like, well, if it's not good enough for a stupid tomato on a screen, <laughs> I don't know what's good enough for me. Bob the but, tomato, like, perhaps? Bob the tomato, that prick. Um, <laughs> but, no, beside the point, it's legitimately, like, if you think about, like, how movies like these come to be called classics, or come to be, like, the standard, or, like, the new standard, compared to, like, the old standard, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. now, like, when we think practical effects, now when we think, um, how do we do a monster movie, people always think about Carpenter films. And back in the day, probably no one batting an eye at at a Carpenter film. Yeah, these are things you can't think about, like... Before it it's, happens, it's an appreciation of art. Yeah, so it's such like, a retrospective thing that it's hard to say. Well, that's how art is. Art, art's main thing is retrospective, because if you don't like, you get like the contemporary times. You get like everything in the moment about how it all works and how it all does. Um, but then I, it goes like, but then like the retrospective comes like years later after you've absorbed the art or like you've analyzed the art and you realize. Actually, it did X, Y, Z really well. And I think specifically using Carpenter as an example, I think he's a guy whose artistic passions are so like raw and in your face with everything he does. And I think he made a lot of movies that were very ahead of their time, ahead of their time in terms of their thematic element. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like with the thing, the, the nihilism and the paranoia um, shines, you know, in a post Reagan world. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, and then there's social, you know, things like Halloween, The Fog, um, Assault on Precinct 13. Like, Carpenter's work has aged so well that he's kind of like the ultimate cult director, honestly. Yeah. I mean, now he's, I mean, he's, he's gone so, like, he was such a cult director. He's now become revered as one of the greatest of all time through that cult status. Um, and watching the retrospective you know, evolution of, you know, general and public views on films. I think it's very interesting. I think Carpenter's a really, really good um, case to look at because he's had so many movies that were yeah, panned yeah, when yeah. they came out and now are viewed as classics. Right, and, and you know, so much has happened since 1982. I think yeah. the world in general is much more nihilistic, much more sort of aligned with the themes of the thing. Also, Dylan and I just watched this for the first time in a post-COVID, like, plague world, mm-hmm. which I think makes the entire film a lot more attractive in a lot of ways. Um, uh, it's like, I... there's like a resurgent, um, 
there's a resurgence of we don't know who has it. There's a we don't there's know a resurgent who, like, like relevance in in a lot of the movies like the, storytelling. The paranoia, um, the the, the paranoia, the the overall just like um, oh, it, I know it only happened in the first ten minutes or fifteen minutes of the film of just like the general um, like oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't care, like it's fine, you know that kind of stuff. Before it actually like kicks off, you know what I'm saying? Uh yeah. It feel it falls into that too, especially when it comes to like a plague disease, whatever, mind you, that this thing is off is obviously just like a living plague. Uh it's a th- and, you know thing. It, the, the 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 thing is kind of treated as a virus for a little while at the beginning when Rilf- Wilford Brimley's character is kind of researching and like projecting infection rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's totally um, allegorous to a disease, a, a plague of some kind. Um, yeah. Maybe in 1982 it, it was AIDS, but like today we we can watch it and relate to it just as strong. Like COVID. With COVID, yeah. yeah. I can also relate to it because there's a giant alien monster that lives in my house. Is it your... Simone is not a giant alien monster. Your daughter is not an alien monster. <laughs> No, it's your it's, daughter. It's, your your daughter wife is isn't either. Monster. Okay, it is a totally separate entity. Is it Zeus? No, uh, is totally, it the frog like, that lives on your porch? Yes, the it toad. is the frog that lives on my porch. To- uh, tractor, <laughs> tractor the toad. <laughs> is that what you meant? Um, what is it? No, I no. It's, I, just I a, just, it's a legitimate alien that lives underneath his house that doesn't pay rent. That lazy shit. I was just talking out of my ass. Um... I didn't have a point. Oh, your ass is the monster. Right, so wait, my can, ass I, wa- I want to put Sam Adams says so. I want to put this out there. So now that we've like addressed that this thing has like amazing practical effects. Um, wait, I want to backtrack a little bit. So beep, the reason why I think John beep, Carpenter is now beep, being beep. that's that's the noise of Dylan. Caleb, that was rude. That is the noise of Caleb, Dylan backtracking. Rude. Go ahead. You're in reverse. Um, yes, I'm in reverse. No, so we. I think that's something that everyone forgets, kind of, is that when someone makes a movie, especially a Carpenter movie, I don't think Carpenter really gives a care about who likes it. I think he just cares about if he likes it. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of um, directors and people who make uh, TV shows or just art in general, I think we've come into this era of social media and immediate dopamine and immediate all that, that we've kind of just... Like, people forget that these people are going to make movies for themselves above all of you, above all of us. Well, well I, 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 I generally agree with that, but Carpenter has also, like, gone on the record to say, like, the fact that the thing bombed bummed me the fuck out. That that was, like, he says he's take he takes his failures hard and the thing was the hardest failure to take. Yeah, but it also well, yeah, has, but like... then you saw him make more movies. You saw him oh, come yeah, back. Let's see, because after he the thing... He, did, he made movies for himself. Like, I get, like, they're, you, you pour your love, your heart, and the soul into projects. I get it. And then to have it stabbed, I honestly, that's part of the process. Let's see. So, The Thing ended a run, which I think is near perfect. Um, Halloween... Perfection does fo- not exist. It was Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, and then The Thing. Um, and he followed up The, th- the Thing with Christine, Starman, um, and Big Trouble in Little China over the next couple of years. I mean, that's you know pretty decent. No, that's... It's a, it's a good that's run. A, that's pretty, pretty decent. Good. That's a great run. That's pretty good. Yeah. He has, he has not de- directed a movie since 2010. Yeah, I think... Didn't he, like, retire, technically? 
Yeah, I think he's kind of retired like he's from just, directing. He's like my least. royalties; they're everywhere. <laughs> he's, he's still like scoring stuff, and I think he's still. Um, Does he? Is he like he's a scoring? He's a musical guy. He did. He did the music for Halloween. Like, oh shit! I didn't know he was. Like the, yeah, like the right. That's that's John Carpenter. Oh, iconic! I didn't know he was a, a composer. Yeah, he scored Halloween, Escape from New York, um, The Fog, Big Trouble in Little China. Holy shit, that's um, pretty cool. He scored. He has made the score for most. of How his common is that? Because I know, I know, like Chaplin did that. But I always viewed that as like that was also the twenties. Like that was the twenties. Far between, right? That's few and far it has between to be. nowadays. Yeah. When you see someone do their own yeah. music, not going to see that very often at all. That's no. so cool. So um, wait, now, now to bring up my previous point, favorite practical effect and why go? Wait, or I should just say favorite effect. Oh, in the movie? Yeah, in the movie. I mean, it's got to no, be no in scene. your life. It, it's got to be the scene where the doctor is digging around in the guy that was infected, and the wound closes on his arms and it rips the, his hands the defibrillator off. where he has the yeah the defibr- yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. my favorite absolutely it's so fucking crazy there's just like a chasm that opens up inside this man's it's, chest it's, it's one of the few true jump scares in the movie too yeah man. it's just it's so good just all of a sudden teeth pop so, out of the guy's like skin and just chomp his arms off oh it's amazing right. so mine is a bit different. And it's probably one that no one will probably ever talk about or give a shit about. Um, it happens in the last seven, five, seven minutes of the movie. Uh, they're setting up the thing to explode. They're setting up the th- just so it'll like kill the thing, right? The base will just fall on it. It'll explode in fire. Go from there, right? Yeah. yeah. So when one of the when one of the things like the just goes around and puts his eye, puts his hand into the face and the skin of that guy, of that character who's oh, right now. Yeah. That oh. one is so fucking good. It's so it's, unnerving. It's unnerving. It does well to like, I just want to know how they really did that because I know like I could kind of see where the, where like there's some tears in the makeup and the practical effects, but at the same time, that fucks as a scene for everything. And it's such a then, fucked like, up way, way for things just, to look. Yeah. Right, and then the way he just drags off the body, I was like, "Ah, yeah." Oh God, I get like I get the, the heebie-jeebies when I see it's that. It's a heebie-jeebie sort of movie, and it does it so it really well. That's the definition of this movie. Heebie-jeebies. That's actually the alternate title. That's uh, instead of the thing he was going to call it, the heebie-jeebies. John Carpenter heebie-jeebie. Heebie-jeebies by J.C. Johnny Carp. So now that we've kind of gone through some stuff, I have to ask: in the final scene of the movie, it's Kurt Russell and Keith David, right? Yeah, with yes. like the uh, the whiskey or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. So, do you think that one of them was the thing? I think because that that's it's very open ended and like the way it goes out. Yeah, I again I love the ending. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. The ending's incredible. What I would say is um, well, no, because it, it fits the theme of paranoia, so it works out. Oh, right. totally. What I would say is I don't know, and it probably doesn't matter if one of them is the thing or not. I think they're both resigned to the fact that. Uh, that's pro- probably either one of them's the thing. Prob- gonna probably die. one of them's the thing, but it's you know yeah. what? What else can they fucking do? Uh-huh. Um, and so they just kind of you know, they drink about it's, it. They're at the point where they're like, uh, who gives a shit? Yeah. now we're both dead. It's like like if, if, they both like if, have this moment where they just look at each other and they're like, yeah, this is fucked up. So 
Yeah, there's two things that can <laughs> it's happen. It's all good, one man. Of us, one of us is the thing and one of us dies, or neither of us is the thing and we both die. Like, there's right. two, there's right, like right, two right. Things that ways this goes. It's just like, it doesn't even, well, like, it doesn't even matter. Russell says the line, Russell says the line where he's just like, should we? Or like, would we? Could, why would we? Like, you know, like, he's like, should we go and try and get close to the fire or go for help? He's like, why would we? We're already dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't even matter at that point. They, and it's, they realize uh, that and they accept it in the moment. That circles back to the whole nihilism mm-hmm. of the whole movie, and I think part of what makes it so good and so impactful at the ending is like they're, they're like, nothing we do will fix this situation. Right. So we might as well just sit here, drink, and freeze to death. Yeah. Right. Just just kind of be together and wait for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so gentlemen, on a scale good, of one to ten, what are you former thing virgins giving <laughs> the thing? Dylan, you want to go first? Sure, give me that. Ah, Caleb, go. I'm all right. All right. On this board. is a, the thing is a nine out of ten for me. I love it, and right. and it's because of my recent fascination with the uh, practical effects. Um, I studied up. I love this shit. Nine mm-hmm. out of ten. I'm very sorry that you hear my dog constantly flapping his ears and his collar jingling in the background. <laughs> that's what's going on. That's that's he's he he's his ear is bothering him, so he's flapping. Oh, the poor guy. It's his own fucking fault. He rolls around in mud. It's the fucking thing. Can we talk oh, about fine. the? Do- Let him enjoy his time. What about the dog actor in the in the th- in the movie? His name was Jed. Dude, Jed rocked. Jed was a well. Jed was not a good boy in the movie, but I think Jed in real life was a very good. Did boy. You see, like the way He's he he, he snuck up the hallway. I forget who he um mm-hmm. who he who the thing attacked when the thing was the dog. At the beginning, there was, there's so many characters to keep track of at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, but like when he's creeping up the hallway and he like he like stops and looks around and then takes a couple more steps forward. Like, how do you get a dog to do that? It was so good. Yeah, Jed is a good um, boy. Jed is a good boy. Dylan, what's your score for the thing? I'm oh gonna God. give it. Zeus, are an you okay? Eight. <laughs> are you okay, buddy? Maybe he's he's the thing. You better maybe you, he is. The you thing. better lock him up tonight, dude. Yeah. Just sit down. Just sit down, buddy. You're fine. You're good. Yeah. I'm going to give it an eight flamethrower salute combined with three different things combined with five lovely explosions. 8.35. I'm giving it a nine. Um, I love it. It's so good. This is a really good, really good movie. Super fun. Um, yeah. One of the best movies we've watched. Probably the best horror movie we've watched on the show. Yeah. We haven't watched too many horror movies, though. I was going to say, that's a very shallow one. Well, we watched like Fresh. I think Fresh kind of counts. Ah, that's suspense. That's not horror. Also, um, what was the one with the crazy uh, fucking blackmail and... um, You know what I'm talking about? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, hold on. I have no idea what you're referring to. No, there was like a crazy, like someone, everyone got blackmailed. There was like a, like rumors were spread. Oh, Assassination Nation. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's yeah, also not horror. Of, that's suspense. That's, that's a little that's, bit that's, horror. It's, no, that's a horror really. movie for me. That's terrible. It's got it's it's got horror vibes. I'll give it that. I think yeah. It's as much horror as like um, the Purge is. Yeah, I'll and, give it that. I'll give it that. No, the Purge has more of a creepier aesthetic than that movie. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the creature way. is less Ross. tangible. Ross, 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 Ross. Guess what? what, what Guess what, what, Ross? Guess what? what? I took what? a lead in fantasy. I'm lying. Um, oh, loser. 
I, I'm lying. I'm lying, Ross. That was a joke. No, Ross, I'm, it's your turn I'm to still, pick a movie, buddy. I'm still winning, bitch. I'm up 11 points. I don't care. It's Listen, time I don't to have to care because I'll just walk away from this for like the entire season and still, and end still up fucking third. win, you bitch. Right, yeah, yeah. That's it's not fucking fair. Anyways, here's the, <laughs> I'm showing you guys the wheel now. Oh, whoa, do whoa, whoa. It is, do you notice anything about this wheel? Is it John Carpenter oh, time? Oh, it's all John. Just, it's just John Carpenter. Is it a Carpenter thon? Uh, it is time for a John Carpenter thon. Dude, bring it on. Bring on the John Carpenter thon. I, I, I disagree. No, well, too please. bad. It's not your week. No. It's not your week. Fuck yo. And Fuck it's not your week you. next week either. So, Caleb, I think you should do a third part of the Carpenter <laughs> Caleb, don't. Don't listen to this I'll, man. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. We got, it depends on what movie we spin here. There's so many movies on my reel that I haven't seen that I want to see really badly. So yes. Oh, shit. Yes, 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 yes. Big Trouble in Little China. So not only are we getting a Carpenter thon, we're also getting a Kurt Russell thon. Kurt Russell thon, I think. I'd rather have a Kurt Russell thon than a fucking Carpenter thon. I would like to propose what? a double feature where we watch this, and then we also oh. watch Little Trouble in Big China. Is that a movie? <laughs> I've just made it one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, fun fact, I haven't seen this movie either. You've never seen... Oh, well, good news, Dylan. It's on Hulu. Dude, and I haven't seen it either. That's why I'm so excited. It it's one. It's been it's, on my list. It's good. It's wacky. It's fun. I love it. It's really good. Um, and it's scored John Carpenter score again. John Carpenter score. John Carpenter directed. Um, Kurt Russell says that he this he considers this his biggest John Wayne performance because yeah. he just used John Wayne as an inspiration From what for I his know. character. So, he even got yeah. the ass cancer. Even yeah, Kurt Russell <laughs> got ass cancer just cancer. for this movie. <laughs> Luckily, Kurt Russell got over it, so that's good. That is good. Yeah, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell is a, no is a, a little me. bit of a treasure. I think we should protect Kurt. Russell. I like that. Yeah, he's. I think he's a libertarian, which is a little mm. questionable, but he's also not. An I take back about everything it. I said. Yeah. Um, Dad, stop bringing politics into it. We're talking movies. I'm talking I, Kurt meh, Russell. Meh, We're talking meh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but mm, yeah. we're talking about people. I don't want to talk about politics on this. Fuck politics. Hey, you can't talk about people without politics, but fine. Yes, you can. No, you can't. I think Ryan Sucker's going to get another field goal on this drive. Cut it out. Is going to be another field goal? And done. I think we're, we're, done we're, I think we're getting another Ryan Sucker field goal. We're done. Um, but yeah, join us next week for Big Trouble in Little China. Also, do you guys have anything you want to plug before we close this episode? I'd like out? to plug Little Trouble in Big China. Little trouble. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna search that on Letterbox. <laughs> little, How about that thing? Little trouble in Big China. It's just a little minor dispute. No, there's not a movie called Little Trouble in Big China. Oh God. But uh, that, I think there's there's an idea there, Caleb. There's a, a fender bender in Beijing. <laughs> I love it. God damn it. I love it. I'm out. I'm sorry. Peace. I'm sorry. I, oh, I apologize. I'm, I'm not sorry at all. Fuck you. <laughs>